Shall we begin? <laughs> Everybody, how y'all doing? Hey. Welcome to Luncheon with Lisa. I know my screen looks a little different this Thursday because most of the time we have women in here with me, but tonight is all about the men. Um, so before we get started with that, I wanted to um, remind everybody you all can tune in on Luncheon with Lisa on Facebook, or you can actually go to my um, YouTube channel, Lisa Dove Washington, and tune in live and comment. Um, behave yourselves with your comments because <laughs> I know ladies, we got a whole room full of men in here, but I want you all to tune in and um, you know, share your thoughts and things like that. But um, welcome again to Luncheon with Lisa. We come on every Thursday, seven to eight. Now, before I get started, I haven't done this in a minute, but I like to, at the beginning of the shows, have a moment when I just kind of shout out somebody that I support that has a business or a product or something. And it's a just because moment. Um, I'm a just because kind of person. So it's for no rhyme or reason. You know, I don't owe nobody nothing. I just want to, want to do it sometimes. So since this is the last show before the elections, we're not getting into who's voting for who and all of that. But I just wanted to shout out. I have my shirt on. If you all can see, it's called it's saying I voted. Did you? Um, so I wanted to wear my shirt. This is from my girl, if you all know, nonchalant from um, the DMV. She's one of my um, best friends since high school. Um, and so I've supported her all along and so has she, but this is a nonchalant and red panda printing project. So if you all are interested in a shirt to wear either to the polls, um, or whatever, you know, let me know and I'll get you in contact with her, but I'm wearing my shirt today because this is the last, last show before the elections. Um, so I want to get right into talking to the fellas, but before I do that, so that we can just go into conversation, I'm actually going to do, um, say a little bit about what each of them do, who they are, and then we can get into a conversation. Okay. So I want to first start off, we're going to start off with, uh, Mr. Banks. So I want to introduce, um, Dion Banks to you, the eldest of two children. Banks was born in Cambridge, Maryland to the late Leroy Darnell Banks and Rose Banks. Uh, he was educated in the Dorchester County School System and graduated from Cambridge South Dorchester High School in Cambridge, Maryland. Uh, Dion completed his undergraduate studies at the University of Kentucky and ascertained a Bachelor's of Arts in Business Management while serving in the United States Army from 1990 to 1994. Now, I want to, it's a, He's done a whole lot of things. It's going to get him to talk about some of this. But I wanted to bring you to, after being, uh, being honorably discharged from the U.S. Army Bank, spent several years in Chicago, Illinois, gaining exposure to international business, working as an operations manager for Seton Corporation, which is a global publicly trading company that focuses on meeting and staffing needs of the world. Now, in 2002, Banks returned back to the eastern shore of Maryland to be closer to his father, whose health was slowly declining. And as his priority, he became the support of his family. Upon his return, Banks solidified employment with Cambridge International, the world's largest metal 
since his metal belts manufacturer. And since then, Dion has been with this company over 15 years and has held a vast array of management positions, which afforded him the opportunity to travel the world. Now, Dion is involved in a whole lot of committees and things like that. Like I said, we're going to get him to share some of that, but I'll try to touch on a few. Um, Banks has played a very active role in community engagement and leadership from housing and educational initiatives to matters regarding social issues and sustainability. I do want to mention, too, that he's the co-founder of Eastern Shore Network for Change, ESNC. So I want to welcome Dion Banks to the show. Thank you for joining us today. And we got a lot to talk to you about, Dion, because you are a busy man. <laughs> so I want to also introduce you to Brian Christopher. Brian Christopher began, began his career in 2010 as a singer-songwriter with the release of his debut album, All of Me and began to build a name for himself as a bona fide independent creative entrepreneur of international praise with crowd favorites such as I Wonder, Love's Consume Me, and the heartfelt love ballad, Beautiful. Taking with him a philosophy of creating what we creating what you want to see, Brian began to self-produce events throughout the Washington, D.C. region. And in 2012, after a three-month singing invitation in Japan, he returned to the United States with an even stronger conviction to create a platform designed specifically for independent artists and created the Blend Live, an independently produced music showcase that sought to introduce diverse artists to eager live and online audiences. So today, Brian continues to blaze a trail of innovative innovation and has most recently begun to curate exclusive musically creative content via, is that P Patreon? You're, you're on mute. What is it? Yeah. Patreon, Patreon, a subscription-based website platform. His latest single, I'm Ready, has been critically acclaimed and is available on all digital outlets, including a free download off his website at www.briancristopheronline.com. Please don't go there just yet, okay? Let us get through the show first before you go download the stuff since I said it was free. <laughs> welcome, welcome, Brian, to the show. I also want to introduce Kashawn Davis. Kwashawn is a self-published author that was born and raised in northern New Jersey. He currently has three books under his belt with the fourth on the way. He began script writing by writing the commercial script for a dating app. And he began writing a weekly publication on social media called Female Nightmares, where he chronicled his many unbelievable dating stories from his past. He developed this developed a cult following resulting in Los Angeles based um, developed a cult following resulting in Los Angeles based director Raymond Muhammad. Uh, Good Morning America and OWN Network um, stepping in to put those adventures on film. He is currently featured on a weekly show called Bruh. It's a podcast. After just five weeks, they garnered over 2000 subscribers and currently have over 5000 listeners weekly. They're already featured um, Comedy Central's Josh Johnson on their show. So welcome, Quash, to the show. 
And last but not least, we're going to introduce Mr. Michael Johnson, who was born in Washington, D.C. He grew up in Prince George's County, Maryland. He graduated from High Point High School, and then he went on to graduate from Winston-Salem um, Winston -Salem State with a bachelor's degree in therapeutic recreation with a physical education minor. He went on in 1994 to be a recreational therapist at St. Elizabeth Hospital. And then he began working with Prince George's County Public School System as a peer mediator coordinator at High, High Point High School. He went on after that to be a peer mediator coordinator at Northwestern High School and an avid coordinator at G. James Golson Middle School. He obtained his master's degree in educational leadership with Loyola University of Maryland in 2018. And currently he's the assistant principal at Suitland High School. So welcome Michael Johnson to the show. So we got some serious players in the house today. And I don't mean players in the sense that y'all know I don't mean that. I mean that they taking care of business because you know, some people be like, oh really? No. Um, so let me explain why I wanted to do this show, because I think I explained a little bit to Dion before we started the show. But a lot of times we do our shows and women are always front and center and we support each other and we put ourselves out there and, you know, share what we do and how we can help in the community. But sometimes we don't get to hear that the men are out there doing things just like we are. Um, and it's not because they're not working and not, not doing it. We're just not sharing them as much. So I've had men on the show. Brian's been on the show. Q's been on the show before. Um, but I like to make sure that we focus on the fact that our men are working. Sometimes while we're doing it this way, they're out there doing it other ways. They're working. So I like to shout out my brothers every now and then. And whenever you all want to shout out what you're doing and how you're making a difference, let me know because this form this platform is available to you but um i think we need to know and be reminded that you all are out there on the grind doing things making a difference so i wanted to have this show for you all to kind of show us how you're showing up in the world what you're doing and what you need from the community and us to help you continue to do what you're doing so um and that's really and just what we want to talk about because a lot of times you all don't get to share what you need um, you just do what you do and hope that we give you what you need. So this is your opportunity through, I think we got business on here. We got education. We got music and arts. We got literary. You know, there's a whole lot going on here. And there's a whole lot of other people out there that are doing amazing things. But thank you for joining. And let's just talk a little bit about that. So Dion, explain a little bit about how you got involved with what you do, because you do a lot for the community. Um and share with us what you do and how we can support you on some of the things you're doing. Yeah, so during the day, I'm an operational analyst now for a company called Rex Nord that used to be Cambridge International. Um, on the side of that, um, I'm the president of a nonprofit called the Eastern Shore Network for Change, where we really work hard to reclaim the narrative of the African-American experience from slavery to present day in our community. I'm also the vice president of the Richardson Tubman Group, which is a consulting firm where we actually focus on things like poverty. We focus on education. Uh, we focus on expunging people's records. We also focus on job readiness. Um, so what we had to do where I'm from is actually retake the narrative of our, our black community is, 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 is lost and there is no hope because of its ties to its civil rights past. So we had to take this, this story of, of pain and tears and we had to turn it into a story of hope and change. 
So one, we had to reclaim the narrative. So we did our homework and we presented our African-American story, not only to our community, but to the state, to the rest of the country. And it also afforded us an opportunity to travel to Ethiopia for 10 days to share our story there. Uh, but more importantly, we've done a lot of lead behind. So we have interviews with the iconic lawyer, Richardson Dandridge, who's one of the prolific uh, leaders of the civil rights movement who's still alive. You might remember the picture of her pushing back a bayonet. Uh, that's our local hero. Um, you know, anytime that you take a footstep uh, in the county that I'm living, you're walking in the footsteps of Harriet Tubman because she was also from here. And we had to let people know that the blood that runs through our veins is royal blood. We come from kings and queens. Our story didn't start with slavery. So what, how you can help us is by inviting us to talk to kids, um, letting us, you know, use our story to inspire people to be more and do more. You know, uh, and it's funny, I just had a conversation with my mother the other day about our DNA um, and finding out she did her her DNA and she was, you know, encouraging me to do the same, to find out where we're from. And she found out some very interesting things. So I am actually going to do that. But I also like the fact because you we've talked because my son is down at Eastern Shore. Um, and I think a lot of people don't know the history of that area down there. Um, and it's 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 a powerful area that I mean, it's beautiful, but we just don't know. Because um, even when I first went down there to take him to school, I don't go down there that often. But I've been down there quite a bit lately. Um, you feel, you feel but, like you cross the bridge. Yes. Yes. And the, the Harriet Tubman, um, when the movie came out and there was an area down there, I still want to do. I've never done it. So I do want to stay in touch with you and see about how I can help to get you in touch with um, other organizations that I work with that have children, you know, youth um, and actually myself, maybe adults to, to do some touring and things down there. And you can share some things with what you do. So we would definitely be in touch. But that that's some good information um, that we all need to know. Um, so I'm definitely spreading the word on that. Um, Brian, Brian's in a mute. You all kind of you know, kind of full circle this. So that's our history. That was, that was, that was a lot. Now, Brian, you bring in the music. Um, so share us a little bit because you've done some traveling. Dion has traveled. Share a little bit about your musical, you know, gifts. And th I know later on, we're going to ask you to sing. You already know that, but um, <laughs> yeah, share, a little bit you, <laughs> share a little bit about how you got into the industry and you know how what things you're doing in the community and how we can help you hey well yeah you know listen lisa you know how we roll i appreciate you having me on as uh you know you always showed a lot of love since the early days you know and uh i really appreciate yes. it. um you know it's interesting because like the journey of creativity and, and being an artist of any kind you know you could probably say it started from when you was knee high to a grasshopper or so like that and for me it that wasn't necessarily my story but i know i've always been creative I've always been somebody who was either a visual artist or a performing artist of some sort um even if it was just around the house but my my journey as an independent uh, artist and I, I like to dub myself an independent creative entrepreneur because i'm not just a singer i'm mm -hmm. someone who tries to uh, curate the whole experience. Um, so when I got into the industry, or if you will, or, you know, kind of made a plan to be an artist, that was about maybe uh, 10, almost 11 years ago now. And, you know, that was just coming off of, I was coming out of a marriage. I was, uh, you know, in a place where I wasn't necessarily exercising that creativity, even though it was in me. 
And every time I looked to the left or the right, I was always saying, uh, you know, just club stuff and people, you know, and all this stuff has a place. But I knew that for me, I had something else I wanted to say musically. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just decided to kind of say, listen, you know, when I come out, when I do my thing, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to create, uh, as you read in my bio, I'm going to create what I want to see. Because every everywhere I look, that's not quite what I want to see. That's not quite what I want right. to do. I don't want to play the clubs. I don't want to play the, you know, the, 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 the strip. I want to be able to uh, have something that people can rock with. And then, hey, Bonnie, um, uh, they can rock with and then they'll want to come out to and, and I can invite them in. And in doing so, try to introduce an audience, an eager audience to like new artists, you know, because everything you hear on the radio and see on TV isn't necessarily good. And everything that you don't hear or see isn't necessarily bad. You know, what right. I mean? there's a lot of dope, dope artists out there that, you know, if you're not careful, you'll just miss because you're not looking for it and you're only looking for it in one place. And so, yeah, it's been a great journey. I've been able to travel with my music. Um, you mentioned uh, in my bio, I was able to go to Japan and that was off a whim. I could tell you that I, I had no idea, but I took that opportunity for sure. And I, I went right. and did my thing and that was a good experience to sing. Um, but I really had a good, uh, been having a good time just right here. Um, in the states, in my area, you know, there's there's a lot of people in this area who I walk down the street, they still don't know who I am. So, I <laughs> so I got some work to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, if anybody has ever heard um, Brian put one of his shows, I know Kashawn has attended. I he had his voice is amazing, and he put on puts on some amazing shows. Um, so you have got to check Brian out, and they know who you are. They just don't want you to know they know who you that's are. Um, well, but we know who you are. But yeah, he has some amazing music. Um, I have your CDs in my house, in my car. Um, so definitely support you. But you, what you said was part of the reason that I'm doing this because I feel like a lot of times that people are reaching out for um, the famous people or just who they consider the stars or you know whoever. And there's a whole lot of talent that's not sitting on the screen on the big screen or you know on those stages yeah. and people are missing it because they don't know um so part of why i have always been encouraged to do the show to do the magazine and the publishing company and all the things that i do is because i want to give people who are not on those big screens a chance to you know reach those heights because we're down here, you know, saying, hey, we, we do stuff, too. Exactly. <laughs> and sometimes they don't see us. And it's OK because your time is your time. But that's part of the reason that I do what I do, because I think there's a lot of missed talent. Um, yeah. And maybe someone will see. Maybe someone will. This will be a stepping stone to something bigger. So Always. that's what it's about to me. Always. So. Um, and you all are, all are traveling, y'all are doing things. And part of the thing that all of you all have in common is that you kind of took something that you wanted to do and you made it your own. You did your own thing with it. You didn't necessarily follow someone else's lead or want to go up under somebody. You all made it your own. So that's part of why I wanted to bring you all together, too. So, Quashawn, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about because um, you are a fellow writer. Um, so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about writing and how you um, brought writing into this. Um, I know you have three books out and you do a lot of things. You have a podcast and things like that. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about how you got into writing. Sure. Um, first, 
let me say that I have really bad allergies. I've never tried an illegal drug. So I know how rumors start. So that's, that's all it is. It's just allergies. I forgot he does com comic com um, comedy on the side. I forgot. No, I don't. <laughs> but, um, you know, growing up with uh, a mother that was school full-time, college full-time, law school full-time, I had a lot of time in the house. So you know your creative juices flow and that's pretty much how writing got started um i wrote a book when i was 12 actually and it kind of went from there because you know i was always bad at math and anything else so i started uh i think my first book was in 2004 i think and it did okay. really well and um kind of gained a following and then i put a couple more out and it's 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 and which one was that i think i had was that suspect behavior or the other the most recent book that i had out was suspect behavior okay that's the most recent and the first one you had was um the dirty circle the first book i ever put out was called masquerade okay and that okay. Was, i think that was in 2004 because i know i was still married to satan at the time so it had to be 2004 <laughs> And that was the that was <laughs> you did that too? Yeah, man. Cut it out, cut it out, moving along. <laughs> wrong look, wrong show. <laughs> anyway, he always takes a moment to throw that in there, but okay. <laughs> You're supposed to. It's when you escape from Satan, that's a big deal. Okay. <laughs> okay, and the, what were you saying about the book? <laughs> So after the third book, Suspect Behavior, I started uh, my podcast, uh, Brutt's podcast, and uh, it, it's done pretty well. Um, uh, it's every week we've had a couple of guests on, uh, one reality TV person, I can't remember the name, and then we had Josh Johnson on from Comedy Central. So. It, it's the podcast is fun and it, it lets you do your creative juices. We make little commercials for it and things like that. So I try to stay active because that's that's important to try to stay active and to try to do things that you don't really know how to do. Hmm. So okay. I recently took on uh, writing a screenplay for someone and this is my first one. And, you know, but it's something I, I wanted to teach myself how to do. So mm -hmm. it's. It's always important to try to learn new things, try to keep doing your craft. And I know I thought about that um, when you were talking earlier because I wanted to do a promotion where everyone that pre-ordered my new book got a free t-shirt. Mm -hmm. So I priced how much it cost and 50 shirts, I think was 350 bucks. So I bought a t-shirt machine. And so now I'm teaching myself how to make t-shirts. So Hey, that's how you do yeah. it. That's and exactly that's how, how you do it. Do it. And that's how you do it. You constantly try to teach yourself new things, expand. That that's the way it works, you know. Well, hey, I think I think that's the way we stay young is we keep teaching ourselves things and trying new things, and you know, keep moving. Um, we got to stay busy and keep your mind, you know, right. working. So when you get that T-shirt thing down to a science, you <laughs> need to hit us up so we can get some of our you know product in order. So, but yeah, I you know, you know I am a writer too. So um, writing is so important to me. Um, and I think it's our way of, as Dion was talking about history, it's, you know, 
writing something down and putting it on paper is is creating history. Um, it's something that can't go away. You can't take it away. Mm-hmm. Once you write it, once you publish it, it's out there. Um, and it's kind of creating legacy for children and, and people to come after you to say, oh, look, I had someone in my family who wrote this or wrote about this. Um, so that's still kind of connecting all the dots with what you all are doing to show up in the world. Um, and then I wanted to bring education into this. So, Michael, um, and you have a especially with peer mediation, dealing with children. Um, and a lot of times we view teachers as female. Like the teachers are always, you remember the teacher that you, you know, your favorite teacher was a female. So men going into education is always a good thing. Um, so tell us a little bit about your journey in education because you went all the way. Okay. <laughs> so, so I started out um, as a therapeutic recreation specialist and I worked at uh, St. Elizabeth, Elizabeth's Hospital. Sorry, I just got braces. So if I you know, fumble over some of my words, I'm still you know trying to manage them. But um, so St. Elizabeth Hospital over <laughs> Southeast as a recreation therapist. So you know, I was doing that for a few years and did a little bartending on the side, and 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 this wasn't. I just I just wasn't really working for me. I think you know thought you know there's something else out there. So uh, my father actually told me. He says uh, my father was in education. He says, well, why don't you uh, think about being a substitute? And I was like, substitute. So so my parents, both of my parents were in education. My stepmom was in education. So like education, I was always around it all the time. But as I, I started, I did the substitute thing. And within weeks, I was like, this is fantastic. So I went back and got my certification in uh, physical education and health. And I became, I, I got hired as a peer mediation specialist at High Point High School. And back in 1998, and I'm telling you, quite frankly, I, I can't see myself doing anything else. Now, I've done some things, uh, you know, on the side uh, during my career. But in terms of a full time committed job, a committed career, um, I can't think of anything else other than uh, education. Because, you know, dealing with the students, dealing with the uh, children, dealing with the parents, dealing with the, you know, the community, you are always a part of the community. Uh, the students are honest. They are um, upfront. They are a little saucy, saucy, right? <laughs> um, and they also are genuine. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. And they can pick out a genuine person, you know, in a heartbeat. So I think that is one thing that you know has kind of helped me in my career. That I believe in what I'm doing. I believe in the students. I believe in you know the parents. I believe in mentoring young black men. Uh, being a black man myself, who better to be able to, you know, talk to someone or, or mentor someone and say, listen, these are the pitfalls that you're going to have to get over. These are the things that you're going to have to work on to 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 make it, you know, to make it. So um, that has just been something that that's drawn me to it and it keeps it. I'm, I, I'm fresh. Um, I'm missing seeing them on a day to day basis, you know, due to COVID. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the unfortunate thing is they're talking about over the schools back up, you know, and, and if they do, it, it's not really the thing to do at the moment, in my opinion. I think Prince George's County, uh, Dr. Golson is our, you know, superintendent, CEO. I think she got it right because she said, listen, we're going to shut the whole thing down for the first semester and then we're going to revisit coming back in February. And that's not making a commitment that we are going to open and not making a commitment that we're not. We're going to make an informed decision about what to do. But, you know, 
just talking about I've been dealing with parents and students and it's tough for everybody. This is the most difficult thing I think that um, we can we can we've encountered in education ever because how you make you know when you teach someone when you are 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 in the classroom you're making daily connections you're connecting with them not only through instruction but through the personal connection you know the touch the hug the fist bump you know the pal they'll say hey you know what I'm saying I had a thing when I was in the classroom I used to ask my students you know what'd you eat for dinner last night and we would start class by talking about you know different things they had now. That wasn't always a good thing because some kids have done it. You know what okay. I mean? Okay. And they were the ones that didn't share. But those those were the ones who through that little um, um, question and answer, that's how you could make connections. And you knew who you needed to pay special attention to. You okay. knew, you know what I'm saying? So I would bring, I'd go to McDonald's before, before work and get two sandwiches. I'd eat one. And I go to, you know, a little kid's locker and say, here, take that. You know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. you know, it, through time, they would come back and they'd be like, they'd be looking and I'd come through the door and be like, where's my sandwich? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm you just something, right? <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? But just being in education, you know, it's about building relationships and being a part of the community and, and being open and honest and, and saying, listen, it's going to be tough, but, you know, you can do it. Yeah, I, and and I, this is such a, a pleasure to see you all just giving back to the kids, to the community, um, in the arts. Um, it, it's nice to see, you know, I'm in out here doing things, and I think that you all are working behind the scenes all the time, but sometimes we're not paying attention, so we're skipping over that. And you know, you hear the negative comments. Well, I don't know anybody who does this, but we got men who are in education, we got men who are in business, and 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 doing. Actually, the history is a huge thing, and with everything that's going on now in the world with COVID, um, with the race relations, with all of this stuff is related to what you all are now doing and how you all can make a difference through writing, through music, through education and history. So I wanted to share, you mentioned COVID um, and I wanted to ask you all how that was affecting what you do um, now that we are just in a different, we're going to be in this situation for a while. I'm sorry. I just wanted to say that, um, Last in, in March, we had the, the superintendent had a meeting with prospective assistant principals, people who wanted to be assistant principals. And it was on March 3rd. I'll never forget it. So I saw a, one of my friends that I worked with, you know, at a different school. Uh, he came to my wedding um, two summers ago uh, over in uh, uh, Grand Cayman and um, sat next to him. We talked and laughed and, you know, da da da. And three weeks later, he was dead. He was one of the first people, the first teacher to die in Prince George County. Very dear friend of mine. And I'm, I'm, it's devastating. And I went to his funeral. They would let one person in, and you got to stand there and look at him for two minutes. And then you had to, you know, you, you had to wear, I mean, sanitize your hands. So anyway, my point is, is that it's serious. You know what I mean? It's nothing to be played with. Um, I have, you know, there are people who, who don't necessarily believe that it's true or that it is uh, as dangerous as it is. Um, and, it, you know, that's just a shame. It's a shame that people feel that way. And to me, it's the ultimate in being uh, selfish and, you know, and self-righteous. And um, but it, it has definitely just think about this entire year. 
you miss an entire year of education. Now, like I said, you know, you're going to school, you're missing your friends, you're, you're missing the teachers, you're missing the true uh, instruction. These children are going to be set back because of this. And it, it's something that people, I don't think people really understand the impact of, you know, the, the perpetual impact that it's going to have now and on down the road. Yeah, it's on, and, and that's why I'm glad that you all are in place doing the things that you're doing. Like Dion, I will say that we met through another group, and um, when I mentioned that my son was at um, Eastern Shore, he's down in that area. So it, the first thing he did, and that's why you know I like seeing brothers out here doing their thing because he said, if you need anything. I'm close to him. So, you know, let me know because at the time, and I think he has a niece or something that's down there too. And it was kind of like, we don't know what this is going to look like. Um, and I was terrified to send him down there. I am pleased to know that they're looking out for those kids down there. Um, and they're being tested on a you know pretty regular basis, which was very comforting because I did not know how this was going to work with with you got students that are in their own apartments. Um, so they have roommates that they've never met before. Um, so, and, and then they, you got to trust that they're going to do the right thing. And when, you know, a lot of these parents are thinking, well, they're home and they're not doing the right thing. And you want me to send them somewhere else. Um, so, so, but Dion reached out and said, and that's, that's community working together. He said, Hey, you know, you let me know something's going on or I find out something, I'll let you know, you know, so I appreciate that. And Dion with business and, and how things are going with what you do, has COVID affected you, you know, any with that? Yeah, I'll tell you, um, I, I have like 500 jobs, so I really stay busy. COVID, <laughs> COVID made me slow down. And okay. I wasn't very comfortable spending time with myself, to be quite honest mm -hmm. with you. Okay. Um, so, um, gained weight, eating habits are off, headaches, whatever. Had you know anger issues with family, and I had to recenter myself and realize that I had to get myself together to get through this. And number two, the COVID wasn't going to kill any of my dreams. So luckily and fortunate enough, I was able to work from home. My job usually keeps me on the road. But I was able to work from home, which I'm doing now until the first of the year at least uh, for my mm -hmm. full time job. But for my nonprofit, uh, we do a lot of training. So we partner with a lot of private schools, especially in New York charter schools. And okay. they're down here. And my nonprofit, uh, we wrote two curriculums. We took the African American um, experience here and we use that as a curriculum to teach the kids how to uh, create the change in the world they want to see. And then we wrote another curriculum around environmental sustainability where we follow the life of an oyster from larvae all the way up till we go up to the ocean and get them. Then we come back and have a big bonfire. So we have like 100 kids at a time that stay here with us for four days. Um, wow. So I had to now take because, again, these are paying clients for my consulting company. So I had to figure out how can I create that same experience right now in a digital world? So right. we have walking tours, we have digital tours, we have podcasts. Uh, we have interviews with locals from here. So COVID has made me think out of the box. COVID has made me be more creative. COVID has made me use my brain that I use 10 hours a day for my job in a way that I can now use for myself. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'll tell you this, um, you brothers, uh, the writer and the singer, I have an idea that I want to pitch to you guys. I'm telling you uh, to take my story and put it to a screenplay and put it with some music and we become the next Alexander Hamilton uh, trio. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> I know that's right. But I mean, 
And that's, I, I will say that it's kind of um, done that for me too, Dion, with I have a full-time job, so I'm blessed to be able to work from home, but it has, it caused me to slow down and caused me to think um, about, I guess my surroundings, what was going on. I will say, and I tease about it now, that my household was probably hell for the first two weeks because yeah. <laughs> I truly lost my mind um, with what in the world is going on you know we can't leave the house i didn't want nobody to leave mm -hmm. don't touch nothing don't breathe on nobody i mean i was really extreme extra for real but you know once it, it took me about two weeks to kind of get it together because i know my husband was like something got to give because she is she is driving us crazy while i'm busy saying he's trying to kill us in here you know so um once we got over the first two weeks i really did you know like you said slow down a little bit and then was able to focus on on the other businesses and things still working but you know my multitasking is on point right now okay um because you don't have a choice you're multitasking household um parent kid you know shariva behind the scenes she has a child so she has to teach school or be in class while she's working um so we've been tasked with so much at one time and then all of the issues that are going on in the world at the same time emotionally that has to take a toll on everybody. Before we get off, I'm actually gonna, you know, talk to you a little bit about how you all feel about what's going on in the world and you know, just as a black man, um, and and how that's working for you and what how you getting through it. Cause there might be some men out here who are like, I don't know how to get through this. Um, and I'm feeling some kind of way. Um, but I still gotta work with folks, I still gotta take care of my kids and my family. So I, I'm appreciating everything that you all are, you know, being very transparent. Dion, that was very transparent of you to say, look, I had to slow down and, and get it together. Um, and I think we need to hear that from our men sometimes that that's what you needed. Um, and we have to be more understanding that sometimes y'all need it. We say it all the time, but y'all like, okay, yeah, yes, I know, I know. But you all need that too. Um, but, you know, I want to talk to Kushan and Brian real quick and in, in, in music. Um, how has it changed for you? Has it given you an opportunity in your music to really kind of focus and, and decide what you want to do next? Because this is kind of your lane in, in that you can do things now that you, you know, not in person, but you can still do your music like you're going to sing for us later. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And you know what if you guys can do for us? You can give us a big piece of chicken for a change. How about that? <laughs> no. Um, listen, I, I think, you know, it, it, it varies from person to person. I always say, um, you know, it depends on what you want out of, you know, your, your aspirations, whatever your aspirations are. I think sometimes you can talk to somebody. People would, I would love to be on a big stage this and that third. For me, I've always personally tended to uh, gravitate towards using technology. I always knew that this was a more of a technological um, world than it was. And I think the way uh, we as independent artists, uh, people are not going to be, as a musician and a singer, not going to be able to be heard on the radio as much as I would love. Yeah, would I love to turn on the radio here? And hear myself show up but you know the truth is people they find people uh, other artists from so many different ways now technology is leading that way so whether it's podcasts or whether what you're doing lisa here no matter where it is mm -hmm. i want to make sure that myself is available so for me all it allows me to do is continue doing what i'm doing but what i would like to do 
in the same efforts and the same vein and the breath is kind of encourage people, maybe just by example, other artists and say, hey, listen, you know you can do this, right? So like Q, when you talking about starting a podcast, there's a I know a few people who started podcasts who were mm-hmm. scared to death to start their podcast. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, yeah. you know how I many people listen to podcasts and watch, you know, I mean, so so that's not even like an anomaly anymore. And so when you think about where this, you know, what you want to do, you all you gotta ask the same question. Well, where is it going? And in mm-hmm. and, and a lot of ways, where is it right now? And if you're just now getting started, you can make an argument that you're kind of already mm-hmm. behind the eight ball, you know what I mean? Um, so for me, I, I'm not really it's cool to be able to perform in front of people and live folks, but I mean I can I can fire up the camera's <laughs> lights and, and showtime action. Right That's now, right. Well, know? and I well, so. Brian, you know, Brian used to actually, you know, it, it's the small thing sometimes. Brian used to go live driving home from somewhere and he would just drive and sing and you know you tune in because that's one of your friends on facebook and i know you know listen to his voice so i would tune in and he would be singing one of his songs and i mean yes i mean everybody was feeling good whether they were at work or whatever you could just kind of listen to him so you didn't have to turn on the radio you just turn on your live brian was giving it to you live and it, was his, too, and it was his music. That was the, the plus was it was his music. He wasn't necessarily singing somebody else's song. He was singing his songs. Um, so you made a lot of people's day getting home from work. You got people home from work hey, <laughs> a lot of days. No, so. matter, no matter what it is. And I, and I just one last thing I would say, and I would encourage anybody, I mean, no matter what the, the genre, no matter what the discipline um, that if you have you have something to offer, everything that is out there, you know, started from an idea, and your idea is no different. And so, just because we see it on, like you said, and we alluded to earlier, on the big screen or on the big stations, listen, you know, whatever way you can distribute it, art and ideas are always created to be presented. Now, you know, whether they sell or not, that's that's a different story. But somebody needs to hear your story. Somebody needs your your services. Somebody needs your experiences, and yeah. I, I think you would do yourself a disservice. Um, anybody who's listening right now to just put it under a rock and not allow it to be uh, put out there in some kind of way. Absolutely, and you know, Kashawn, you actually started. Did the podcast kind of start in COVID or right before? Um, but how has COVID affected you with even being a writer? Because now, you know, we usually need that space to just focus mm-hmm. on what we're writing. And now you got a whole lot of it. I do. <laughs> so I, how does it work I, for you? Uh, I was always a homebody. Okay. So the transition initially was fine. But then after a while, you're like, and I get brain freeze real easy. Yeah. So, you know, in the meantime, I've been gaining a lot of weight, you know, eating a lot because there's, there's nothing else to do except, you know, you turn to your book, you want to keep writing. Next thing you know, you're playing Call of Duty and you're eating French fries. It's, it just, that just seems to be the, 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 the thing that I keep doing. So the creative process is definitely struggling with all this free time. And it's all in the same room, right? Yeah, it's all in the same room. It's all in the same room. Like not having to get dressed for work so you set your alarm at the time that you have to be to work is <laughs> like you know it is is tough 
Well, I will say now with with COVID, and I I think in the beginning, a lot of people were like that. But then what I started to think was, okay, so you have to treat this like as if you were riding in. It's minus your commute, but just kind of treat it like you getting up, you're going to work. And and it really did energize me. But at first, I think it was easy to kind of fall into that rut of, oh, I don't have to do this. Oh, I don't have to do that. But enforcing yourself to do as you would if you had to go into the building, um, it really kind of energized me a little bit. And once I got a flow, it was like, oh, I got this. Um, but I can see how I, I, I actually don't understand why people are like, I got to get out of the house. I don't necessarily have that issue because I'm like, nah, as long as you're telling me that that's going on out there, I think I'm yep. good right in here. Yep. Um, <laughs> but some people just want to get out. They want to interact. Um, I know, Look, and I know Michael, he's just like, okay, how long are we supposed to be in here so I can get out there? Yeah. But... <laughs> Kill I, yeah, and a lot of people, it's, it's killing them because I guess when you, and Michael's one of those people that likes to interact with people. And if you're a teacher or an assistant principal and that you're actually interacting with kids and, and other people all day long. So it's got to be very quiet, you know, to now everything's on the screen. And it's kind of like, yeah, I get it, but, you know, whatever. And that, but I that wanted has to, to be tough. I was going to say that that has to be tough for Michael because even when he goes back, he may not be able to do the fist pumps and give the hugs and all of the well, things that's true. kids are looking forward to. So that's going to be tough. Yeah, it's because they're going to they want it. And, and, and young people need that. Um, but we have to be creative in how we interact with kids. Can I take tell a quick story? Look, so you remember, summer, I know you now. Uh, so. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. So over the summer, we uh some some of my, my cousins and I went to uh, uh paintball and I happened to see one of my students there. We were over in Central Avenue and I happened to see one of my students there and I was going over to say and my wife grabbed me by the shirt. She said, Where you going? I said, oh, hello, that's my student. She said, Oh no, you're not. You gonna stay right here and wave from afar. I said, oh, I, I, look, I forgot that quick. Look, I said, and so I, I will add to that because as a parent, Dion, he's down in, in Eastern Shore, but he had to come home. Um, and I said, okay, so we made this arrangement before he left. Now, we, we're not doing it back and forth this time. You know, now, once you're down there, you're down there. So you can't come home every weekend because you got a car. So you can just, nope, not going to do it. So he came home one time to grab, I think, a uh, something he needed and i said you can come home but i'm going to bring it to the door um wear your mask and my you know we had the ring or whatever so my husband said um you know you can see through the ring so of course he takes the volume off and says oh man your mom not even gonna let you in the house and i said don't do that no but he could not come in the house you know i took sandy our dog outside and we talked for a little bit in the front yard and then he was like okay peace i'm out and he went on back down to Eastern Shore. Yes, it's a two and a half hour drive. Yes, it is. But it, it was, and I had to, you know, because some of my friends think I'm crazy. Like, oh my gosh, you didn't let him in. I said, you all, this is serious. And I, I just think that people are missing the fact that we have to sacrifice some things so that we can get through this. And I do really feel like the reason that this is dragging on so long is because we're finding it so hard to do some of those small things that will make a huge 
difference. Um, so I get it, Michael, but I do the same thing when, you know, when my husband want to go over and say, what's up? Okay. I know he's our child, but right now this is COVID. Okay. <laughs> so, so, um, yeah, I take it really seriously. So, but once he comes home after what, November 13th, after they get out of school, then he's home. I, I got him. But right now you got to play, you got an apartment. So I'm going to need you. That's home right now. <laughs> They said be with the people in your home. Right now, that's your home. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But I wanted to um ask you all before we um before I go around and, and let you all tell everybody how they can get in touch with you. Um and just I want I hope you all connect and network with each other. But tell me a little bit about with the state that the world is in. And as a black man, Shona, what what's on your heart or you know, what's your concerns going through this? Um, on how you can help even the young men. I will mention that next week I have a mentoring um, group coming on of young men um, and the whole board of, of, of several of the board members are coming on and it's a mentoring group for young men. Um, so I'm keeping this going with, you know, you all representing. But tell us a little bit about how you feel about what's going on in the world and pos a positive thing that you can share with people on how to maybe get through this. Because this is challenging for especially you all. Um, and, you know, young people are looking at you all. They're, they're watching to see how we do this or how you do this. So, Dion. Yeah, well, I'll say for me, I'm in observation mode. Um, the great thing about what's going on now is these kids are awake. Uh, but there's no, there's no real leadership. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a whole lot of hope um, that's invested in and empty narratives. I won't say lost causes, but empty narratives. Um, you know, when the civil rights movement came out, it was education, housing, jobs, and things like that. And you took that home to your communities, your municipalities, to where you lived, right? Mm -hmm. Now you have all of this energy, all this uproar around certain words, you know what I mean? That don't mean nothing to you in your own community. So right now, what I'm doing right now is really looking to invest in that core group of people in the community where I live to create the change that they want to see. I'm looking for the loud voices, mm -hmm. uh, the right message of the wrong message, because I need those guys and ladies to be the leaders that takes this out to the community. So right now, I'm in observation mode. We're actually going to be having a meeting coming up in November to really start, you know, again, spaghetti wall. I want to hear everything you got to say. We're going to dissect it. We're going to talk about where we are, future state, and how we get there. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. So before we leave, I'm going to come back around and let you, um, you know, give your information on how we can connect. And I want to see what I can do to just, you know, help. Um, I know Cameron is supposed to graduate this. I'm hoping this year. If not, he, he coming out there. So, you know, sometimes <laughs> yeah, we we working with that. But yes, I want to because um, I want to expand. I mean, you're down there in the Eastern Shore. I think you need more of us helping you down that way. So, um, yeah, I'm here for you. So we'll come back around. Brian. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think, you know, the, the biggest thing is um, I think most people can get caught a lot, find themselves getting caught up in a lot of talking. I think talking is, is good because, you know, it, it's a beginning point of attack. However, I think what we wind up getting caught into mm -hmm. is only talking and there is uh, yeah. very little action or if it is, it's only by a, a select few 
Um, and so I'm an advocate of whatever you can bring to the table, as I was alluding to earlier, then you bring that because you have something to offer as an individual and everything that doesn't necessarily have to be on the grandiose scale. It's like, if you're, if you have one young person or anybody who's willing to listen, you know, um, I ain't trying to preach here, but give me an organ and I'll start it. No, I'm just <laughs> You know, but, uh, you know, if you just have one voice, one person that's willing to try to change this situation and you have something to give them, then I, I think that's, you know, that's where you begin and where it grows from there, that becomes more organic. And so from an artist standpoint, you know, I, I believe in, hey, if I have resources and tools or experiences that I've been able to succeed at and someone asks me a question, yeah, I'm going to help you. Um, I have two young college um young ladies, um, daughters, you know, um, in my life and they, they're doing their thing. And I believe in giving them resources and allowing whatever they're going to do with it. That's fine. But my job is, Hey, I want, let me tell you about this. Let me educate you about this, you know, uh, because you have your formal education, then you have your lay education and those things sometimes, you know, they do find crossroads, but you'll find yourself a lot of ways using your lay education a whole lot more sooner than you will, you know, trying to find your way with that degree. You know what I mean? And a lot of people will wish they had, you know, knew how to do taxes, knew how to do certain things, you know, and like you mentioned about uh, Q about doing T-shirts, learn how to do certain things because there's going to come a time where, hey, I got to know how to survive. I need to know how to, you know, navigate through this world and with everything that's going on. I think that's going to become more of reality uh, uh, than it will be, you know, in theory. Absolutely. And Q, you know, how you, you know, feeling about this? I know for, you know, for writers and creatives, um, which we all are, you know, for creatives, sometimes this can be a good, good moment in time. And sometimes this can be a troubling moment in time where, you know, you really can't focus on one thing because there's so much going on. So, you know, what what do you see as like with the state of where the world is right now? Um, we won't get into any too, too right. detail, you know, right. but. Um, well, for us, and as well for me in particular, but for us, it's always been difficult to be a black man. But what's happening is because of cameras, because of social media, now more white people are realizing, oh, they're not just whiny and complaining. Oh, they're not lazy. Oh, these things really happen. And and when you tell somebody, and this is regular conversation, like if it was just me, Michael, Brian, and Dion just sitting around talking, and we're talking about how many times we've been pulled over by the police in our lifetime, I know for me it's about 80, 90, and I can guarantee you that their numbers are the same. And while that doesn't blow us away, you tell that to your white friends and you can see their head explode. It's unbelievable. Right. These are the things that that we deal with on a daily basis, and it's 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 always been that way for us. But it's an example of our strength, our resolution, our fortitude, and our drive that we still excel at everything we do, despite being held back and Absolutely. despite those obstacles. So. To me, this is nothing new. It's just that more people see it. It's exposed, right. Exactly. So it's like the untold stories. Um, that's kind of how I see what you all are doing. These are the untold stories. Nobody knows what you all are really dealing with and that. 
Um, so you working like everybody else, you taking care of family like everybody else, you doing all of those things like everybody else. And on top of that, you're having to deal with all of these extra things because you're a black man in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it's a lot. Um, but this is helpful because you actually, you know, what you're, you all are saying is helpful to know because a lot of times we don't hear it. Um, that's what I mentioned to Dion before. We don't hear it. So I think sometimes people make the assumption that you got it and it's all good. And, you know, ain't nothing, ain't nothing wrong. You, you know, be strong. You got it. But that doesn't mean that you don't, we don't need to, you know, know how to be there for you while you got it, you know, that we got it with you. So I appreciate that, um, Q. That was, that was, that was good stuff. So Mike, tell me because you are like Dion and Brian and Q are like entrepreneur they're doing you know trying to show them another way but you actually educating these kids on a level where whichever direction they go in they need to know that either way it's all good um and being the principal the assistant principal at a high school i mean that's a job look i i was an english major in college but i was like i don't <laughs> i don't know if i can handle the children that's a whole nother can of worms to be able to handle students and mm. high school students but tell me what the state of that the world is in you know how you how you feel as a black man in, in the education world so i'm looking at it from the perspective uh of you know the importance of teaching these young black boys you know like like the, the group in the in the 80s and 90s these are the things that bring boys to men you know what i'm saying so they need to uh, we want to focus on them learning how to advocate for themselves. They need to be able to, you know, look someone in the eye and enunciate their word and speak, you know, intelligently and, and uh, enunciate their words, you know, give a firm handshake, you know, you know, stand up and be a man. You know what I mean? Don't, you know, we're not talking about yelling and fussing and running around and, you know, acting crazy. You stand your ground, you look them in the eye and you speak, you know, intelligently and you advocate for yourself. And I have two boys, uh, uh, 17 and 15. And I tell them, just like I tell the students, listen, if you're out there, you know, these police, all these confrontations between uh, police officers, uh, let me just put it bluntly, the murders between the police officers and these young black men, you know, I tell them, say, listen, you need to be able to speak. You need to be able to advocate for yourself. And if it doesn't work right then, then you stop, you do what they ask you to do, and then you come back and you allow me to go speak for you as your father, as an adult, as a man, that's, because you're, you're not gonna win in that situation right there on the street. Yep. You're not gonna win, that's a, that's a lose, lose for a, black, a young black man. And it's just like in school. You know, I get, I get students and they come in, well, the teacher not gonna talk to me like that and this, that, and the other. I'm saying, well, listen, they're not gonna allow you to talk to them like that in front of the entire class. They have to be some sort of order, you know, and they, if there needs to be a hierarchy within the classroom and that teacher needs to be at the top of that, just, way, just like the police officer feels he needs to be on the corner. So listen, you speak, you talk intelligently in a calm, uh, confident manner, and if it doesn't work out for you, then close your mouth, just go on with the process, and then you go home and you let an adult come and advocate for you. That is the way it works. Because and that's the way you will succeed. Because it, it, it's just a recipe for disaster when you start going back and forth and there's a confrontation. Because you know the mentality, the unfortunate mentality is, well, 
I can show you better than I can tell you. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? And then, then we got press conferences, and we got somebody laying dead on the street, and we got you know, the, 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 and family members, moms crying. You know, it's just a terrible situation. So my whole thing is, from an educational perspective, is to teach these young black men how to advocate for themselves and know when to say when, know when to speak, know when to take a step back and say, you know, maybe this is, I'm just going, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a ride this one out, so to speak. So that that's my focus. Well, and that that ties into that. That was one of the things with the power shut up. You know, the book I did because really that's it's it's about knowing when, how, and the last if to speak, and that going silent on things is not always a weakness. Sometimes silence is a huge strength, and we have to know when it's appropriate to say and what to say. Because a lot of times, like I always said, people are popping off and saying what's on their mind, um, and it's not appropriate all the time to say. It doesn't even mean that you're not telling the truth. It just means that right now, <laughs> it's not the time to say that. You have to find the time. And, and to what you were saying, we just want you to get home alive. So you do what it takes to get home alive. And then I've actually told my children the same thing as a mom. I've said, let me handle that. Um, And that went for when they were in school and they were in high school. Look, if there's a situation where you're feeling like this is not fair, whatever, come home and let's talk about it and let me go see what's going on. But you can't go up against, you know, because there is a certain respect that has to be had. And I think that kids need to understand that doesn't mean that you let somebody do something and all of that. The ego has to go aside. And there's a there's a method to this. So um, I appreciate all that you all have shared. This has been a wonderful conversation. But before we leave, I want everybody to share how we can get in touch with you. Um, Dion, we'll start with you and going around, but share us how we can get in touch with you um, so that we can help you to move through whatever you need. Because it's it's this is the moment where I want, at least for Luncheon with Lisa, for to expose some of my listeners and, and, and watchers to knowing that we want to stand up for you all and be there for you. Um, so tell us how we can get in touch with you, Dion. Awesome. My full name, DionBanks.com. Everything's there. Okay. And actually, I do want to get in touch with you about, um, I think we have Sharon Parker, who's on here, who is a major, um, advocate for history, um, and youth. Um, so I will make that connection for you, but I know if when she hears this, she's going to love that conversation. Um, and the Harriet Tubman thing, I really want to talk to you about that. So we'll be in touch. Brian, let everybody know. You can sing it if you want to know. We're going to get a tune out of you before we get off of here, but <laughs> tell everybody where they can find you and your music. Yeah, I got it actually right on my uh, my name plate up there, but BrianChristopherOnline.com. Okay. You guys go there now. My brand new single, I'm Ready, is uh, you guys can actually download that. It's available on all outlets, but if you guys want to download it and have it for yourself, you can go there and download it for Wonderful. free, actually. So um, BrianChristopherOnline.com. So go check it out, and then I'll, I'll tell you about more things I have. Yes, absolutely. There. Free y'all. Okay, just wait a minute though. We not we still on Q. Tell us how we can get in touch with you. Uh, my Instagram is author Quashan. Uh, on Facebook, I'm author Quashan Davis, and you can go to bra. It's a podcast dot com also. And where is bra? Is it on Apple Podcasts or? It's on Apple and Spotify. Spotify. Okay. And Michael, you are in the education system, but. You know, you let us know. You could shout out to Prince George's County. 
Um, and congratulations um, as assistant principal over there at Suitland High School, an awesome school. My son graduated from there, so. So my, my email address is Michael. Brian, you're on mute. I mean, you're, you're on mute. I said I'm a graduate of uh, Suitland as well. All right, all right. So let me just say my uh, email address is michael.johnson uh, at pgcbs.org. Uh, um, also, I want to uh, just share with you, Brian, I'm sure you know this, and Lisa, I know you know as well. We have a CVPA program at, at Suitland High School. It's the Center for the uh, Visual Performing Arts. Okay. So we have, uh, I think it was last week, the, the young lady from Prince George's County that was on the... What's the not? Uh, what's the song that the show they they sing and then the people hit the little button? The um voice, voice the voice. voice. She was on the voice uh, last week and won and, and and did a fantastic job. So that was a Suitland uh, alum. Oh, so yeah. um, just want to say, just give me a shout. And if you guys need or would like to come back and, and do something with the Center for Visual Performing Arts, I, I'm the one that can uh, help you to make it happen. So just just let me know. Yeah, Absolutely. I actually uh, I was in the visual arts program for four years while I was there. Yeah, and my my two stepchildren are still there, so I might have to you know inbox you and make sure they doing what they supposed to be doing. No, <laughs> that's right. So Brian, you yes. want to sing us a little something before we leave out of here? Sing us something. <laughs> I I can sing I can sing a little something for you. Anything for you, Lisa. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, 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 I don't know if it's gonna work. We're gonna see how we're gonna see how this works real quick. I got something for you guys. This is the very first single. Can you guys hear that? Yes. All right. Just uh. This is the very first single I wrote back in 2009. It's called "I Wonder." So, uh, yeah, I think a lot of fellas can definitely relate to this, but uh, maybe the ladies too. I don't know. Uh -oh. Whoa, yeah, yeah. So wherever you are, let's go ahead and get your your finger snaps going. Whoa. Oh, I wonder 
was amazing. Y'all, Brian has a wonderful voice. That was a wonderful way to end the show. Thank you so much, Brian. And y'all can visit him for the free download. But gentlemen, thank you all so much. This was powerful. Um, and I think we needed to hear from you. So this was much needed. Um, Michael, can I say something? Yes. I, I just want to say, I, for those of you who don't know, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but Lisa is my cousin. Yes. And and Lisa, I'm just trying to tell you, this family is super proud of you. This is fantastic, and you are doing an awesome, awesome job. Yeah, you are. And we, you have made us proud, and you should be proud, because and I know this is a family show, but you're doing the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes, Michael is my cousin, and I'm proud of my family, because my family's out there doing wonderful things. I've had some of my family on, and I don't just have people on just because, you know, they fam I, my family's doing some amazing things, and it's always a pleasure to have them on and, and have them just represent how they show up in the world, um, and along with some wonderful brothers that Dion and Brian and Q and Michael, I mean, I'm more proud than I can say. And I think that a lot of times you all, I mean, you all, I'm, I'm speaking for you, but that you all need to hear that we are proud of what you do every day and it matters. So that was why this show was really kind of, I, I created the show as far as um, our men matter. Um, we talk about kids matter and women matter and black people matter. Yes, all of that. But sometimes we have to be specific and our men matter. And this is why our men matter. They are out here doing the daggone thing. I was trying not to do what Michael did. Again, doing the daggone thing. Not like I don't slip, but I'm, I'm trying not to, to do it. But thank y'all so much. I appreciate you all. Y'all can tune in to Luncheon with Lisa every Thursday, 7 to 8. Um, we stream live on Facebook and YouTube. We also are po a podcast. So we actually are out there on Spotify, Apple, Google. There's a about seven platforms. Um, and I'm hoping to continue to grow. So please share. Go subscribe to my YouTube channel. I, I, I'm a little weak with my numbers over there. So y'all help me out. But I'm just trying to create a platform for others to be able to share their dreams, their visions, and empower other people to do the same. So I appreciate you all. And I hope to see you all next Thursday. Yeah. Thank you.